This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I've just always got up in the morning and wanted to fill the day with as much fun as possible. You know, I think it's funny life. It's amusing because we take everything so seriously we care about everything passionately. We have fights, wars, worry about little things, and then we die. But there's nothing, it was pointless. We return to the stars. So I've always thought I want to fill my days with fun. Well, I think life is precious because you can't watch it again. But once you realize you're not going to be around forever, I think that's what makes life so magical. One day you'll eat your last meal smell your last flower, hug your friend for the very last time. You might not know it's the last time, so that's why you should do everything you love with passion, you know? Treasure the few years you've got, because that's all there is. You have ruminated on death. You've got a long way to go yet, but um, what will death be like when it comes? Well, the best thing about death is you won't know about it. It's like being stupid, it's only painful for others. So I'm not bothered by it. We, we do ponder the universe and it always comes back to us. It always comes back to us, you know, why are we here? We just are. The chance of us being born is 400 trillion to one. And there's loads of reasons why you can say we're here. Um, and uh, it's, it's more what you do with it. It's to, to eat and drink and make friends and have fun. Make people laugh. Oh, there's no better privilege. When uh, you're more unhappy 
than happy, um, there's, there's something wrong and you've got to do something about it. Parties don't last forever, nor should they. People would hate to live forever. They'd, they'd hate it. You know, growing up, we were poor and working class. My dad was a labourer. We lived in a, um, a council estate. My mum was a housewife. But I didn't really know. Everyone was in the same boat. So I didn't, I didn't know I was poor. I didn't know I was working class till I got to university and everyone spoke like the Queen. I didn't know what it was, really. Bob Dylan said, a man can consider himself a success if he gets up in the morning, goes to bed at night, and in between does exactly what he wants. And I've always done that. I've always done that. I've never worried when I was trying to be a pop star on no money, I never moaned about, I never borrowed money. It was, it was my lot. I chose to do that. And um, uh, I've always done things the way I wanted it. I've never craved money, I've never been proud of money per se. In fact, the first few years of getting a, a newfound wealth, I felt guilty about it. And I still feel a little bit guilty about it because there was a nobility in, in poverty, really. And, and so I've always thought that if I'm going to be rich and famous, then I've got to be proud of how I made my money and how I got my fame. And um, money making money, I've never understood it. Do you know, I've never understood it. I don't play those games. I don't play the... I don't try and make more money. I never... I've never tried to make money. Feared fame. When I, when I first started doing this, and it came, I came to it late and almost accidentally and I suppose organically, I got a little radio job when I was about 37, 38, after I'd worked in an office for 10 years. And then I started popping up, and then it sort of grew from there. I got a little bit on a, a, a thing called the 11 o'clock show. Then the office came. I knew if I was you know, a famous actor or comedian that I'd be you know, recognised, but I, I wanted people to know that was an upshot of it. I wasn't doing it to be famous, and I sort of feared it. I didn't sign that contract, you know, with the devil, make me famous and you can go through my bins. <laughs> and do you know what I mean? Right. And I, and I sort of worried. I, I think I worried about it because I thought, oh, they say horrible things about famous people, and you don't you don't want to have horrible things said about you. It happens all the time. Twitter, and which is like reading every toilet wall in the world at once. Right. And you shouldn't you shouldn't know those things about you. You know you shouldn't hear things about you in right. normal life. You shouldn't be famous. It's odd to be famous. And I sort of feared that. And for the first few years, I thought, oh, that's not fair, because I thought reputation is everything. And now I realise it's not. Mm -hmm. Reputation is what strangers think of you. Right. And who you really are is what your friends and family think of you, and they stay forever. So. I just don't care now. It's all so subjective that the only real thing is what you, what you do with it, you know. People don't respect facts anymore. Everyone knows my opinion is worth as much as your opinion, but now there's this myth that my opinion is worth as much as your fact, mm -hmm. which just isn't true. And it's going to send us back into the dark ages. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. I was already a comedian before I sort of decided I'd become a comedian. It just sort of happened. I went on the radio show and I, I was meant to be the head of speech. I had a normal job. I worked in an office for 10 years, which is what I based the office on. Um, and then I got a job at a radio station and I was meant to go in and, and sort of be writing little things for the DJs. And because I'm so lazy, I thought, oh, I'll just do this myself. So I went in, I popped up, I did funny things. The bosses said, listen, you're, you're rubbish at your real job. So just do that. And, and it grew and I became like the the comedy turn on XFM got discovered by Channel 4 and all that. Nothing gives me an adrenaline rush like coming up with an idea. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, 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 I can't sleep. And if I think of it before I go to bed, I've got to work it over so I don't forget it when I, I wake up. And that's a, that's a lovely thing to wake up to. Oh, that idea, right. you know. 
and it doesn't get any better than when it's in your head, really. It, it, and then you just got to ruin it as little as possible. <laughs> now, honestly, when I, when I first started this, I, I thought I was a writer, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I probably only uh, directed because I realised that I could protect the writing. And then I produced to protect the directing. It's all to protect the idea, mm -hmm. everything. To, and I, I, I play that guy because I know how to do that guy in my head. It's trying to realise the vision. You're not afraid of dividing opinion. You're not afraid of, you know, some people saying I disagree with you and some people saying I agree with you. If everyone's agreeing with you, you're in an echo chamber. You've just chosen your people to speak to. I mean, the important thing for me is no one has to laugh. I, in fact, I embrace the gasps as much as the laughs, because that means they were listening. And offence is good. Offence makes people think. It makes them come up with another argument. I'm just tired of people saying, I'm offended. I want to say, so what? That just means you're just telling me your feelings. I'm never trying to um, offend. I, I think I got that reputation um, from the Golden Globes, maybe, where I gently ribbed some of the richest, most privileged, beautiful people in the world. A joke about a bad thing isn't the same as the bad thing. It's not even necessarily condoning the bad thing. It could be anti the bad thing. It could be veiled in irony or satirical or, or whatever, but I think people have to you know, look, look at what a joke is, what the real target is. I'd only say I'm controversial because I talk about controversial subject. It's funny because uh, um, comedians always get asked, is there anything you wouldn't joke about? But journalists don't get asked, is there anything you wouldn't write about? And all we're doing is discussing a subject, but very quickly and hopefully with a punchline. Comedy comes from a good or a bad place. And Twitter was the one that sort of started popularity being more important than being right, you know? And people have picked up symptoms of that in all walks of life because it's all about likes, retweets, block someone that doesn't agree with you, so you create your own echo chamber, same as Facebook. How and arrogant are you to think that you deserve to go through life with no one ever saying anything that you don't agree with or like. Uh, people mistake sometimes demanding equality, right, by not being part of humour. Yeah. It's actually demanding um, privilege. I, I want people to stop saying that joke's offensive. Yeah. I want them to start saying I found it offensive because you've got to own the emotion because that's all it is. You're yeah. just telling me how you feel about it. Yeah. 